welcome to Ragbag. My name's Frank Burton. You know, I write books as well as doing this. Check them out on Amazon, 100 and a History of Sarcasm. Also, I do hope you've been enjoying my video series, The Ragbag Rambler. I'm sure you have. Well, let's crack on with the podcast, shall we? It's another special edition, guys. Welcome, one and all. Welcome to the Barber's Pole Special.
Now, listen up, listeners. I'm currently parked up in the camper van, you know, because that's where I live now. I'm parked up across the street from a barber shop with one of those spinning poles outside. You know the ones I mean, right? Well, this one, stripey, red, white, and blue traditional colors, and it has a little white ball at the top, like a Christmas bauble. And I'll tell you what, I absolutely love these things. I remember being totally transfixed by them as a child. And even today, I could sit for hours just staring at these colored stripes, swirling round and round and round. I'll tell you what I like about it. It's completely unnecessary, right? You could just write the words barbershop on the sign outside and indeed that's what this particular shop has done and yet they also have this rotating stripy pole outside it's like a needless bit of decoration and I wonder why more shops don't do this I think every different kind of shop should have its own weird little decorative flourish like greengrocers can have a big wobbly balloon animal outside. Nothing to do with fruit and vegetables. What's a stripy pole got to do with getting your hair cut? Nothing. It's just good. It's just a nice thing. By the way, talking of getting your hair cut, it has come to my attention that there's a famous film director with the same surname as me. And I'm on the lookout for different ways in which I can promote myself and my work so I am fully prepared to pretend to be Tim Burton's estranged English brother. Now I am not related to the famous film director Tim Burton but I thought it might help my career along a little bit if I hint or heavily imply or even strongly suggest that him and me are brothers so that's what I'm going to do. Just so you know, any stories I tell about my brother Tim, I'm just making it up, right? Talking about getting your hair cut, when I was a kid in the 80s, my elder brother, Tim, who works in Hollywood, showed me a movie script about a man with scissors for hands. It was called Terry Bladefingers. I read it, and I thought it was really good. I said, I think this film of yours is going to be a big hit. But don't call him Terry Bladefingers. Call him something else. Call him call him David Snipknuckles. He didn't like that idea, but he agreed to workshop it with the executives. Someone came up with the name Edward Scissorhands and the rest is history. I didn't specifically think of that name myself but I did kind of kickstart that process, so it's good to have a hand in a little slice of cinema history. True story, that. Absolute true story. I'm still sitting here anyway, looking up at the rotating barber's pole. It looks kind of tasty, doesn't it? Like one of those candy canes. Is that the point of these poles? Are they there to entice you in? just by looking a little bit tasty like subconsciously maybe people are going into the barbers because they think it's a sweet shop 
I wonder if half of these people in there right now are only in there because subconsciously they fancied a bit of pick and mix. Round and round it goes, look at that. Is it battery powered? I reckon, I reckon it must be battery powered. Can't be plugged into the maze. They'd need to get up on a ladder, wouldn't they, to change the batteries? I wonder how easy it would be to steal. All I'd need would be a ladder and a couple of tools, screwdrivers maybe. Yeah, I reckon it's screwed on. I need to take a closer look at it. I'm not going to steal it, listeners. Not now, at the very least. It's broad daylight. I mean, if I did it at night time, it's unlikely I'd set off any alarms. I wouldn't be breaking into the premises. It's technically in the street already. Does that make it public property? If it's public property, I could just shoot up there right now, rip it off the wall and run off. And no one could arrest me for that. As I say, I'm not going to steal it. I just want one. I want to hold it in my hand. I want to take it away with me. But where are you supposed to get them from? I never see them on sale. Maybe they're all stolen. Maybe every single barber's pole you've ever seen in your life has been stolen from another barber's shop because no one knows any other way of getting hold of them. Not even the barbers know. No one knows how or where they were manufactured. There's no known company that makes them. No one knows how they manage to constantly spin. They're not battery powered as it turns out. It's magic. It's perpetual motion. Maybe they all arrived one day from outer space and for reasons unknown, each of these extraterrestrial devices decided to attach themselves to the front of the world's barber shops. Spinning and spinning, constantly spinning. On the other hand, I could probably just order one from Amazon. I don't have an address anymore, but they do that pick-up box thing, whatever it's called. I'm not going to advertise or even endorse the use of that particular company. In terms of Amazon's treatment of its workers and its shameless tax evasion, its 0% commitment to environmental concerns, I'd recommend not going near it. But on the plus side, they do sell my books. Um, History of Sarcasm, that's the first one celebrating its 10-year anniversary right now then of course there's the masterpiece novel 100 check them both out available on Amazon and just looking at the app they do appear to have a, quite a wide range of barbers poles available see 80 pounds 100 pounds 140 pounds I think I'll buy just maybe three or four of these. I recently discarded around 95% of my personal possessions. So there's room in the van for three or four barbers poles. I do hope you're okay with this, Nathaniel. He's disappeared, by the way, listeners. It's a long story. It's a very, very long story. But I met him, as a matter of fact. I met him and then he disappeared and he deactivated the email account he's been contacting me through. I have no other details. 
for him, as it happens. Nathaniel Anniversary Pylon is not Batman's real name. So I'm guessing that's the last time I'll see him. I'm also guessing I won't be receiving any more funds from him. And you know what? It has emotionally affected me. I'll be honest with you, it has. I can't exactly say how without revealing the details of the incredibly long story that's attached to this. Suffice to say, the details will come out at some point in the future. Yes, they will, Nathaniel. Yes, they will. Whether you're still listening or not, whether you like it or not, they will. Sorry, I didn't mean to get angry about it. As I say, I'm a little bit emotional as they say. Is that what they say? I like to say only the first part of what? You like that? I was going to say, I like to say the first part of words and then I, you know, I didn't say the whole word. That was a joke. It's a joke just to lighten the mood. Okay. God. Anyway, to cut an incredibly long and complicated story short, I think that's why I'm here today. All this Nathaniel business. I think that's why I came and parked here and decided somewhat on the spur of the moment to do this Barber's Pole special. Maybe for purely nostalgic reasons because I've been thinking about the past. I can't really tell you which aspects of the past I've been thinking about but they are quite a nostalgic thing these Barber's Poles aren't they because They've been around for a long time, and I suppose you'd call them traditional. A symbol of this being a traditional barber shop, which is a curious concept, I suppose, because where are all the non-traditional barber shops? They don't exist. They all use scissors. Are there some slightly more modern barbers where robots cut your hair with laser beams? Such a thing does not exist. All barber shops are traditional by default. Maybe that's why these spinning coloured poles are here with us on this planet of ours. It's to ignite these little pangs of nostalgia within you. Therefore, make you feel good about the experience. Stripey, 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 red, white and blue traditional colours. Stripey, I absolutely love these things. I absolutely love these things. I absolutely love these things. I'll tell you what I like about it. It's completely unnecessary, right? You could just... Unnecessary, 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 right, 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 I absolutely love these things. Now, I am not related to the famous film director Tim Burton. Tim Burton, Tim Burton, Tim Burton. I am not related. Tim Burton, Tim Burton, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, Tim Burton, Tim Burton. I said, I think this film of yours is going to be a big hit. Tim Burton, Tim Burton, Tim Burton.
I remember when I was 13, my older brother Tim was visiting from the United States. It was 1994. He was in the UK promoting his film, Ed Wood. And he told my mum 
he'd take me out somewhere. I was becoming a bit of a sulky teenager and I told him I didn't want to go anywhere. We'll go bowling, he said. I said, I don't like bowling. He said, do you like food? They do burgers there. I told him I was vegan now, so a burger was out of the question. He said, would you like video games? They have an arcade in there. My mum never let me have a games console. And I had to admit, I would rather like to go and play some video games with Tim. My mum was fine with that, but she insisted Tim took me for a haircut first. Now, I'd always been rather afraid of getting my hair cut. Most kids get over that fear while they're still toddlers. But for me, there was something deeply uncomfortable about having part of my body cut off. It actually felt painful, all in my imagination, but still. I didn't want my big brother to see me like that. We weren't close. I hardly ever saw him. But I still looked up to him. But what could I do? Should I confess to Tim that I was afraid of getting my hair cut? Or should I bottle up the fear, bite the bullet and get on with it? I decided to go with the latter option. Be a proper man like my brother. We paused outside the barber shop. I looked up at the spinning red and white pole hanging above the door. I'd seen these things before, but weirdly, this was the first time I'd actually paid proper attention to it. Are you coming inside, said Tim. I pointed up at the barber's pole. What's that, I said. It's like a symbol, he said. A symbol to say, this is a barber's shop. I like it, I said. I know what you mean, he said. It's like a lava lamp, isn't it? Come on, let's get this haircut done. And we'll get down to business. Wait a minute, I said. You're not scared of getting your haircut, are you? He said. He wasn't making fun of me or criticising. He was concerned. I'm not, I said firmly. Come on then, he said. I felt my whole body stiffen as I stepped through that door. There were two barbers on duty, one by the window, halfway through someone's wet shave, and another at the back of the room, who was beckoning me towards him. I stood still and didn't say anything. Actually, said Tim, let's wait for the window seat to be free, then you can watch that spinning pole while you get your hair cut. The barber smiled to show he wasn't offended by us snubbing him. He gestured for me and Tim to sit down. I sat in a spot where I could see the barber's pole. I watched for the next five minutes. It did indeed calm me down. I was hardly bothered when the barber by the window welcomed me into his seat. I sat and watched the rotating pole while the scissors snipped away. I hope you don't mind me saying, said the barber, addressing Tim. You look an awful lot like that film director bloke. I am that film director bloke, said Tim, the expression sounding odd in his American accent. I knew it, said the barber. It's an honour to have you here, sir. 
for obvious reasons, I'm a massive fan of Edward Scissorhands. Not just that, all the other ones as well. I mean, Beetlejuice, wow. Labyrinth, classic. Labyrinth was directed by Jim Henson, said Tim. I'd love to be able to take credit myself. How do you do it all? said the barber. Where do you get all these ideas? Well, it's a team effort, said Tim. I have a lot of help. For example, my brother here actually came up with the name Edward Scissorhands. I was going to call it Terry Bladefingers. The barber laughed. Yeah, you made a fine contribution there, young man, he said to me. Sounds like creativity runs in the family. The haircut was done. He dusted me off with a brush and I jumped down from the chair, no longer having to rely on the spinning pole to settle me down. The barber shook us both by the hand and told us the haircut was on the house. Tim signed his name on the wall with a thick black marker and drew a little cartoon next to it which the barber assured us would remain there forever. As we stepped out into the street, it occurred to me that this had been the most hassle-free haircut I'd ever had. I'd actually enjoyed it. Tim had done that. He knew exactly what to do to make me feel valued and special and calm. And then I thought, no, that's not right. He can't get away with this. He can't just swoop in, sort my problems out, treat me like a proper brother, and then disappear to Hollywood, returning again maybe in a couple of years when it happens to be convenient. You did well there, Frank, he said. As we walked back to the car park where his driver was waiting. Now let's go play some games, eh? I hear they got Mario Kart. I stopped walking. I said, no, Tim, I am not playing Mario Kart with you. You are no kind of brother. I hardly even know who you are. You don't just get to pick me up and drop me when it suits you, mate. Either be here full time or disappear. I can't be here full time, he said. I have important work to do overseas. Oh, important work, is it? I said, you know what? I've read about this film of yours, Ed Wood, the true story of the worst film director of all time. If you want my opinion, Tim, you are the worst film director of all time. You're a terrible film director and an even worse human being. And as far as I'm concerned, you can get lost. Go to your premiere and fly off back home. I'm going to my home now, yeah? I marched off down the street. He didn't bother calling after me. You know what, listeners? As you know, strictly speaking, I am not related to the film director Tim Burton. Maybe I am distantly, perhaps, I don't know. But we've never met. He's not really my brother. Nonetheless, that story I just told you, yeah, that's a true story. I just changed a few of the details around. It wasn't Tim who took me to the barbers. No, it wasn't. It was my dad. My dad charmed the barbers into giving us a free haircut. Not because he was famous, 
but because he was a salesman with the gift of the gab and he liked to save money wherever he could. He also liked to show off. He actually did draw a cartoon on the wall and as far as I know, he's still there. And when we got out into the street, I did say all of those things. But of course, I didn't say he was the worst film director of all time or even the worst salesperson of all time. What I said was, well, what I said was he was the worst father of all time. And in hindsight, I think that must have hurt him. And even after what happened later, I regret saying those things. You know, as regular listeners will know, my dad popped out for a bottle of milk in 2004 and never came back. So I didn't really get to make my peace with him. But you know what? I've written a book all about it. And the book will be out very soon. It's all about me and my dad and what happened after he left. uh, My investigations into what happened, why he left, where he went. And in doing so, I uncovered a whole range of weird family secrets. It's a great book. And yeah, I hope you check it out when it arrives. I'm pleased with it. We've departed, haven't we, from the subject of Barber's Poles but that's okay. I think it's quite important to make it clear that I've kind of made my peace with my dad now. End of story. And perhaps you could say a new one is just beginning. Now it's time for a new feature, Ragbag Recommends, where I recommend another podcast that you might like. I've even made a jingle for it. Check this out. Ragbag Recommends. That'll do, won't it? Now, funnily enough, this particular episode of Ragbag goes out on Election Day here in the UK. This observation will be completely out of date within 24 hours, but it's kind of a historic date, I suppose. Well, it will be, if it all goes well. Won't it, Jeremy? I don't know what I'm talking about, of course. I always forget who the evil ones are. And I get the colours mixed up. Are the red ones the good ones, or are the blue ones the good ones? Sometimes I end up choosing the colour I prefer, rather than the party. I've been voting green for a while, just because I like the colour green. I've got no idea what their policies are. But... Help is at hand. Here are some people who really do know 
what they're talking about. If, like me, you'd like to be a revolutionary, but sometimes get a little bit confused, Mandatory Redistribution Party is the podcast for you. Here's comedian Sean Morley. He'll tell you all about it. Hello. My name is Sean Morley, and I co-host a podcast called Mandatory Redistribution Party. It's a radical, left-wing, theory, comedy podcast run by comedians. It's every Monday, it's a beer of a laugh, and it absolutely wants to abolish private ownership. So, if you've got a moment, give it a listen, and see if you get radicalised. So, there you have it. I recommend it. For one thing, it's incredibly well-informed with some marvellous expert guests and the presenters know what they're talking about, which helps as well. And, you know, Sean Morley and Jack Evans, both great comedians, so it's funny and it's interesting and you'll learn something. Maybe you'll even change your world view. It just seems to have succeeded in everything that it set out to achieve. Apart from the abolition of private ownership but fingers crossed that'll happen as well, in time. Won't it, Jeremy?
Thank you for listening. Please do check out all the details of my other stuff on my website, frankburton.co.uk. I have two books out currently. 100, that's the novel, that's the recent one, absolute masterpiece. And the 10-year-old book now, it's 10 years old, A History of Sarcasm, short story collection, very good book. You should check that out as well. Obviously, check out the Ragbag Rambler video series on YouTube and watch out for all the other stuff like the next episode of Ragbag and the bonus bags and all that. I will see you around really soon. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more.